Well, hey there, everyone. It is so super exciting to uh, be streaming on a Friday night. Uh, my name is uh, Pastor Matt, and uh, it's just super exciting. Isn't this amazing what we're able to do right now? Rose in a secret suburb in Melbourne. Uh, we're streaming from uh, our stage at uh, MCC and all the way over to Atlanta, Georgia, Justin Stockman. So, so incredible, so amazing. Um, and it's super early over there in Atlanta, Georgia. That is uh, absolutely for sure. Justin, I'm going to steal your thunder in just uh, just a short few moments, if that's all right, mate. Um, and uh, and I, I want to introduce, there may be somebody uh, out there, maybe some people who may not know um, who you are, you know, where you're from, and uh, and I'm I'm just going to take a short few minutes to uh, introduce you, um, Justin. You grew up in Northern California, and you married your high school sweetheart, Jen. Now yes. that must be an absolute match made in heaven. We'll come to that in just a short moment. Um, and you went through the um, Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry, where you studied and you graduated, uh, and you began your pastoring at uh, Bethel uh, Reading uh, Be in Bethel Church in Reading. Is that right? Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. And then you went uh, in 2013 to join the work there um, at uh, the Bethel Church in Atlanta. Uh, Georgia, which is just uh, so exciting. And so you, you serve as a member um, of the um, senior team there in Bethel, Atlanta, and you oversee Bethel Health. Uh, and um, I, I just, what I'm super excited about is what you are able to walk in and how you are able to, um, you know, a word that we would say is impart, is to communicate. You really get to the heart of the matter in this beautiful, gentle way. And yet it is so precise. We can't wait to hear a lot from you. Um, just quickly, what time is it over there in, uh, in Atlanta there? Well, it's about 5.30 now, 5.40, so it's early, but I am excited to be with you, Manningham Church, and everybody else who is on this morning. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great evening. Ed, I'm going to have trouble saying that because <laughs> it's pitch black outside. <laughs> That's right. Well, the sun will come up shortly, I'm sure. I'm not sure what sunrise time over there is, but uh, if somebody wants to look that up in the chat and put it in, we can uh, start to expect to see that happening. But um, look, tonight we, you, you, we've, we've invited you, and this is the first time we've been able to do this internationally. So like, you know, that that is just blowing my mind at the moment. And um, we so love and appreciate that you would set aside this very early early time um, that you'd set us set it aside just for us but you know really um, we've, we've been on a journey as um, as uh, some of some of those watching already know we've been on a journey of discovering what healing hope is all about um, what the father's intention so father God's intention for us is um, uh, is around healing and uh, you know I, I would understand that there is a number of people out there that that you know maybe 
may not be experiencing those areas of healing yet and uh, and are really contending for breakthrough when you know I look forward to to tonight you know just exploring some of that but um, look just to kick us off and get us started what what has been the biggest healing that you've seen and witnessed and and what what sort of impact did that have on you Wow, Matt, it's a great question. So um, first was a personal one, and I'll actually end with that. But uh, the three, I, I, was, I was in Mexico. I was doing a marriage conference in Mexico, and we had a few times where we would go out and do some little uh, just mini crusade style stuff with a local community there. And we threw out a bunch of words of knowledge and I got the privilege to pray for three different uh, blind people. And so during that moment when I was praying for um, each one of the first one came up and we just put our hands on them, just begin to just uh, declare, just be healed in Jesus' name. And that, that gentleman's eyes, they lit up. He said, I can see, I can see. It was just one of those beautiful moments. The second lady we went to, we started to pray for her. And we actually stayed with her for a while. She, we weren't seeing any breakthrough. And finally, the, the gentleman that I was with, he was also a translator, uh, he asked her, because she had been blind for 15 years in one of her eyes. And he, uh, she, he looks at her and says, hey, is there anybody that you need to forgive? Or her, first he says, is there anyone, um, anything that happened during that period? And she said, yes, my my husband left me 15 years ago. And he looks at her and says, um, have you ever forgiven him? And she said, no, I have not. So she forgives him right there on the spot. And uh, we pray one more time and her eye pops open. And it was another just amazing thing from blindness to being able to see. She's looking around, I can see, I can see. The other eyes completely closed as she's looking around. It was beautiful. And then by that time, you know, honestly, you just have some faith. You have some courage. You're just like, <laughs> who else is around that we can get our hands on? And there was this woman sitting on um, kind of the front row. This is outside, so it's all dirt everywhere. And you can see one of her eyes almost 100% closed. And she had a walker in front of her. And as I, um, a, a bunch of people, a bunch of school ministry students came up to me and they're like, hey, Justin, there's another person that has a blind eye. Please come pray for um, her. So we went over there and I put my hand on her and I just said, in the name of Jesus, I open. And in front of me, the eye pops open. And she had told the translator by that time that she had barely walked for the last six months and they had to uh, help her get to the, actually the seat that day and get to the place we were doing the little mini crusade. And as we're there, um, I, I keep on praying for her. She begins to walk back and forth. All the pain leaves her body. Uh, her body was riddled with arthritis and she was just, uh, she was able to walk around. I have a picture of her. It's one of my favorite pictures of her over there. She ends up sitting back down. She keeps on lifting up her legs and touching her legs and just lighting up with smiles. And so it was just three significant moments that happened all within about a 20 minute span. So it's just one of those moments of just, wow, God, this is incredible what you're doing on planet Earth right now. And so it's one of those giant builders of my personal faith, just seeing that happen in such a short amount of time. Wow, that is just, 
That is just so exciting. Like, I mean, there, I, I am sure that there are many people out there that have never, ever seen or experienced anything like that. I, I remember <clears throat> one one experience that, that I had with that we'd been uh, in a weekend of ministry and it was actually through uh, my through through uh, prayer and ministry that my father was in part a uh, father mum and dad were a part of, and uh, I remember being up on the stage. You know, we were worshiping at the time, and uh, you know, which is which is powerful in 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 setting atmosphere. But it's not always needed, of course. But but uh, a lady uh, came forward who was who was deaf, and her ears opened after a time of pressing in and there was you know there was some moments of when oh is this going to happen is it not going to happen but then gradually it started to happen and then her ears were open to hear and oh man it just it, it just really sets your faith on fire it really creates that yeah. solid moment of faith uh, in your life and you, you're always able to recall it and remember it i love the fact that you've taken a photo you can re you can bounce back to that and you know if if at any time you know yeah. faith is wavering just a little bit you can always go back to that photo and and see that that's extraordinary man mm. so fun so fun and the other one was very personal to me so uh which really honestly set me on my journey uh just to go after miracles and i'll talk a little bit about it in my talk today but you know, there was a moment I broke my finger when I was 13 playing basketball and I had from the break, I had arthritis and a big giant cartilage bump that was visible on my middle finger and it caused me pain. And I got prayer for years, years on years when anybody would come in, who you know, and just even friends and family members and church members just uh, wanted to pray for me. I'd be like, please pray. And I'd pull out my middle finger and nothing happened. And it was uh, oh, 2004, I think, 2005. And I was uh, in, a, in a wedding. And during the wedding, uh, Jen and I were just attending. It was one of her best friends in college getting married. And I were singing the song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. And I'm just in, in worship in a wedding. And the Holy Spirit just hits me. And I'm like, there's faith here for miracles. And I lean over and I touch my middle finger and the bump, the cartilage bump had completely disappeared. And from that moment on, I've had no arthritis, no any sort of other problems that were caused from the break not healing properly. And there was something I made when I was probably around 15, 16, which was one of those, you know, obviously a young Christian and just like, you know, Lord, if you're going to heal this, I would know that you actually heal people's bodies. And it was sort of one of those young prayers that you make that, you know, probably isn't theologically accurate or any of those kind of, kind of testing God. Well, it was that moment when he healed that, that literally it set me on a course just to live a life of miracles, seeing people wow. get healed. And just because my own personal faith of just continuing for something for almost 10 years that didn't happen in my own life. It set me on a course and a journey just to say, oh God, this is who you are. And no matter what I'm experiencing in the moment, I'm gonna keep on contending. 
I'm going to keep on believing because this isn't about who I am. This is about who you are, Jesus. That your blood actually paid for something to give us a life where we um, we experience salvation, we experience healing, and we experience deliverance as believers. And so it was, it, it was that moment that really set me on a course just to live a life of, of praying for the sick, of going after people. Wow, that's fantastic. Oh, just so good. Well, I, I know that we're going to have a lot more stories uh, and we're going to have a chance for uh, a bit of a Q&A uh, afterwards as well. Um, Justin, thank you so much. It is We are just so loving this opportunity to hear from you right now. And uh, we are just loving the connection and the ongoing connection um, that we have, have you know, with you. And it's such a privilege right now to... Um, listen and receive um, and uh, really you know I just get a sense that it, it is really the father's heart being you know massaged mm. and and like oil on our own hearts you know what I mean and uh, yeah. just a real softening so right now I just want to give it over to you um, uh, you you've got something to bring tonight and uh, we are positioning ourselves uh, to receive it so thanks so much man I'm going to to let you take it away now and uh and we'll catch up at the end of it <laughs> all right all right matt thank you so much well you guys i'm really excited to be with you tonight and if you would let's just uh turn our affections to him i would just like to open up with prayer um, that worship set was incredible, guys. Thank you so much for leading us in worship. And you just feel, really feel the presence of the Lord here in Atlanta, Georgia, and just in my own room, just experiencing God. Thank you so much. So, Holy Spirit, we just uh, turn our affections to you. If you could right now, just put your hands out in front of you like you're receiving a gift because all of us, even though we're all in different places in the world right now, the presence of God is the same. And so Jesus, we just thank you that you are the same today, tomorrow, and forever because it's your nature. And the greatest gift you wanna give us is your presence, is you being present with us. And so God, right now I just ask in every single home every single heart that feels encouraged, that feels hopeful, and every heart that feels discouraged, that feels trapped, that feels confused, that feels out of joint. I thank you that tonight you're gonna lead with peace. You're gonna lead with strength. You are gonna show up with healing and you are gonna show up with the greatest gift of all your presence. And so I just thank you for being in everybody's home, wherever anybody is at, that your presence is there. So right now, just in your own words, invite the presence of God into your home. If you would, just maybe put your hand on your heart just as a, as a prophetic act, as just a, an act of just surrender and opening up yourself to the presence of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for every home. Every home. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm super excited just to really to be with you guys. And 
I'm excited to see a, a conference where the Father's heart shows up, where healing shows up, and uh, just a community that would posture your heart for revival in your city. And so I, I do want to talk about hope, and I just want to thank just Anna and Matt and uh, Tim and Rose and just the whole Manningham family. We just, we love you guys, and I'm so, so excited just to, to partner with you guys tonight. So I did want to just uh, release one testimony just to kind of start off. And so it was back in December. Uh, we were just ending our service at Bethel Atlanta. And we know that we've all just experienced just different things with this COVID virus and a lot of just hope deferred and, and uh, start and stop experiences that, wow, feel so... Uh, frustrating and for some of us um, we've experienced tragedies and loss and death and we just know that that's not the will of the father we just know that that's not his heart for his earth and he's actually called us as a community to rise up and partner with him and believe that we could put a ban on this virus that we could say no to this virus and protection in our region protection um, in our personal homes and so i was leading the service and we got to the end of it and during that moment uh, i felt the lord say um, that he's wanting somebody who had actually already had COVID, he's uh, restoring somebody's taste and smell. And so I released the word of knowledge. I just said, hey, I believe that somebody's here that's already previously had COVID, but they're still struggling. They, they're, they're smelling their taste is not back. And so they're just still feeling um, discouraged. And it's been some time now. And, and so I released the word of knowledge. And uh, next week, uh, uh, a young lady in her 30s comes up to me and she says, Justin, I had left right before the words of knowledge slot uh, happened at Bethel Atlanta. And uh, my parents were still in the audience and we were going to lunch and they called me and they said that there was just a, a word of knowledge regarding taste and smell. And she had not received her taste and smell back. And um, she said, I went and as soon as I walked in the restaurant, sat down, I got my food, first bite in my food in my mouth, my taste came back, then my smell came back. And during that meal, her senses that had been lost, I believe for about two months at that time, um, completely came back. And she had been enjoying just the fruit of taste and smell for the previous um, week. And she had told me that Sunday again, it was a week before when I called out the word of knowledge. So that was just an incredible miracle. And, and we're just so excited just to go after just a banning on this virus. So I one thing I would love for you guys to partner with um, us as Bethel Atlanta, just to heart to see this virus banned. And we've still been going after it. We go after our, Matt's been telling me about your wonderful prayer meetings and the different things that you guys have been just going after. And this is one thing we would love just to partner with um, you guys as a community. So. We're excited for you to partner with us in that. So, you know, I was just reminded of uh, just the passage in, in Proverbs 13. And, you know, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, and a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And for so many of us, as we're coming to just the Father in this season, and we're coming to this experience of, 
not knowing what's in front of us. I remember going into 2020 and we're like, it's a year of vision and we're going to have 2020 vision across the board. And it's been so funny. So many churches, so many prophetic communities were saying a very similar thing. And we step into this year and we're like, it felt like the opposite of vision. And so what do we do as community when we get discouraged? When our soul, our heart, our mind, our will, our emotions, when they begin to get out of joint and we know we need one thing, we need peace. And I love it that peace is the alignment of body, mind, soul, and spirit. It actually brings you back into alignment with heaven. And this hope deferred experience, I've been, I, I still do some uh, coaching and different things uh, just um, as I, I lead uh, this community and this church with uh, our other senior leaders. And I just noticed that so many people are feeling so hopeless. And we know that the Father's heart is actually to restore hope. And you know, I love these quotes from Steve and Wendy Backlund. They're some of my favorite heroes of the faith. They're close just to my heart and Jen's heart. But Steve says, um, our hopelessness about a problem is more of a problem than the problem itself. So our hopelessness about a problem is more of a problem than the problem. So when we come up against hope, and we come up against this experience of hopelessness, we want to return not to a specific thing we're going after. We want to return to the nature of God because our hope is actually not found in something specific. Like again, I remember getting discouraged with uh, just the break that I had in my middle finger. And I remember, especially when cold weather, it would just, it would just be really hard. It'd be really hard to grip. And I remember going to the Lord, Lord, I've been prayed for by, you know, I've been prayed for by, a, you know, a hundred people and people of great faith and great leaders in the world who have great faith. And I had not experienced this breakthrough. So I walk away feeling hopeless. And I remember just, you know, um, laying that before the Lord and returning back to his nature. And anytime we return to his nature, it actually brings that sense of peace. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He is hope. He is peace. And so I love this idea of returning back to not just what we're believing for or what we're hoping for, but actually returning back to his nature. I love that you guys are about to do... Um, just a revival series regarding Jehovah Rapha. That's his name. It's who he is, the God that heals. And anytime we align with those kind of things, it actually gives a bottom to our hopelessness. What I mean by that, a lot of times hope feels like it's this never-ending pit that we fall down and we just keep on falling. But hope... Um, is actually a person. So when our hopelessness actually hits the bottom, it hits the nature of God. And this is one of the things we want to do. It hits the nature of we have a good father. 
We have a God whose name is Jehovah Rapha. We have a God whose name is Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. And these are the things when we are feeling squeezed, when we are feeling our life is out of joint, our life is uh, confusing. These are the moments that we actually center in to his nature. And I, I love this is another quote from Stephen Lindy. Um, the emotion of hope comes from what I believe. And, and again, so this is one of the reasons that, that declaration is so important. If we're in a moment of feeling like, hey, I'm just so riddled with pain in my body. I don't feel like I can experience hope right now for a miracle. Well, don't go after the miracle in that moment. Go after the nature of God. Because anytime we focus in on his nature, it's what restores hope. It's why um, in Psalms 23, it says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why do I get to fear no evil? Why do I get to bring this hope-deferred heart to the Father? It says, because you are with me. This is the greatest reality that we as Christians, and for anybody out there who doesn't know Jesus, the gospel is open to you. And the gospel is simply, Jesus Christ died to make you whole, to bring you into a relationship with this good, good Father. And so I long for you guys as a people to first put your hope in the nature of God. And I, I love this idea of where actually increased uh, faith and hope come from. You know, we all love we all love the scripture in Hebrews 11 that says, "Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for." Again, the assurance of the nature of God, the assurance of his nature, who he is, the conviction of things not seen. I'm going to read it one more time. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So I love this idea of when we have a, a, a bottom of hope, a place where everything lands on, which is the nature of God. That's actually what increases faith. And then the Lord has given you and me an assignment. And in our assignment, there's authority. Authority comes. You guys have all been given authority to cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. How do I know that? Because in the Gospels, um, that's what Jesus anointed us to do. Followers of Jesus are anointed to raise the dead, cast out devils, heal the sick, and proclaim the good news of the Gospel. And so this idea of we all have an authority. But I love this quote from Bill Johnson, and it simply says, Power comes from encounters. Power comes from encounters. And that's what I was talking about um, for that moment of contending for years with that broken finger. As I just kept on going back to the hope of who the nature of God. It wasn't something that I had to build up. I had to perform for. I had to do the right thing for. It was a positional um, belief of who God was.
And then that moment in a wedding, again, I was at a Baptist wedding. They're an incredible group of people, but most of the time they're not going after miracles or encounters in those moments. And I'm just in this wedding and that song, nothing but the blood of Jesus comes. And I'm just in that moment, I have this encounter with the Father because of his blood, because of, you know, that experience of, you know, Isaiah, that by his stripes we are healed, by his blood, to, I mean, by his whip-torn body, his bl the blood that was shed for us actually releases miracles and releases healing. And so I love it. That's the same thing with Jesus's life. And I love that you guys are, are coming up on Father's Day and this initial experience of Jesus's baptism when he actually, the Spirit ascended on him like a dove, and this is in Matthew 3 and in Mark 1 and in Luke 3, when his Spirit ascended on Jesus, when he was baptized by John, he came up, and this was an encounter moment for Jesus. It said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the one, the one other just... Uh, encounter experience that I wanted to talk about that really released me into a life of power, into an infilling of the Holy Spirit that began just to change the, act, the outcome of my life, was I was in a uh, just an inner healing moment, and I could, I could picture the Father. And as I was picturing the Father, I, I saw Father God wooing me onto his lap. And I came and sat on his lap. And I, I was raised a kid. I got saved when I was three. So I was raised just with this, uh, a little bit of a, a religious system. It wasn't what my parents intended, but it was what my church was stuck in. And as I sat on the Father's lap, I heard the Lord simply say, you don't have to do a thing and you're worth it and all this religion i could feel the grace the present grace of god and grace has to do what why we were yet broken or the scripture says sinners christ died for us and i could feel that thing of his grace pouring over my life his acceptance in me of before i do a thing because i wanted to perform well for god I wanted to live just a life that was going after bringing his kingdom. But sometimes that would lead to me trying harder. And I heard the Lord say about a year ago, grace precedes risk. And when you try to start risking and going after things like signs and wonders, um, just in your own strength, just by you just trying to, oh, I got to grit it and I got to get more faith and this kind of... Uh, no holes bar like oh, i just have to do it it honestly a lot of times will cause our um disalignment where our spirit and our souls won't be aligned and because in that presence of you don't have to do anything and you're worth it the alignment of body mind soul and spirit happens peace shalom happens and we're able just to sit on the father's lap and hear those words you don't have to do a thing and you're worth it. And that moment is a, is, a, is a place of an encounter with the Father. And for all of you, for every single one of you, more than anything, Father God wants to encounter you. 
And first, like I said, if you haven't met Jesus, the gospel is for you today. And you can simply pray a prayer to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. And in that moment, he will come. And for many of us on this, um, in this conference tonight, we've actually experienced that. But you yourself need to go sit and be on the Father's lap, even though you guys are in quarantine. And you may not be able to go out right now and pray for people. But what can you do? You can actually experience the Father's heart for you. It actually leads to healing. Leads to grace that is going to precede risk in your life. And so I just want to stop right now and just have everybody put their hands on their heart. Jesus. Father, we just ask that right now in everyone's home, you would meet them. You would meet them where they're at. For those that feel so discouraged, I just say that you are encouragement. You are the person who releases courage. The Lord looks to you like he looks to Joshua. And he says, I am with you. Now be strong and courageous. I am with you. Now you can experience courage and fortitude and strength. And for those that feel like your emotions and even your hormones are out of whack because you're not getting the community that you desire, the natural community of, of friends and uh, your church family to be around you. You're getting them mostly in things like Zoom squares and, and those kind of experiences. We just thank you that the Father, Father God is with you. And even as you're on your couch, he looks at you and says, you don't have to do a thing right now because I am with you. I am with you and I'm releasing courage. I'm releasing strength. I'm releasing comfort. He's the God of all comfort. And all of those things restore us back to a place of hope. And so for those that feel hope deferred right now, I thank you that your presence is actually bringing a sense of hope. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, man. <clears throat> I know that there's uh, people engaging in the chat, and, and some some people have just are just stating the fact that they they're just experiencing waves of the Holy Spirit even within their room, and, and as you're speaking and as you're ministering, that is just so incredibly powerful. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for sharing; just so amazing. Um, um, in in 
how am I going to say this? If what would you say to somebody out there um, that is facing sickness and they've pressed in and contended like the story of of that painful arthritic finger what what how would you encourage them what lens would you uh, suggest for them to view their pending breakthrough or their current sickness how would you suggest that they look at that mm, wow what a great what a great question and so you know, a lot of what I've got to do within the context of even working with people in counseling sessions or as a pastoral leader or just with friends is I believe there's an ultimate point where it's no longer the job of the individual to keep on contending for the breakthrough. They're actually called to live in a state of peace. These are for people that have been walking with pain or they've had a, a specific a disease or element for a very long time. I honestly, a lot of times, encourage them to posture their heart towards the nature of God and then allow friends and family members, their church body, to be the ones that are posturing their heart for contending for them. And so I know there's still some personal things that I've been, you know, that I deal with, and we all have them that I've been praying for. I mean, I got prayed for this back in uh, 1992 by Bill Johnson. I was a kid and I'm walking up to him at the end of a, a meeting and he's praying for me for about five minutes and still that same area of my life, I have not seen breakthrough. So I have asked many, many friends around me would you continue to pray for me? If the Lord speaks to you, release a prophetic word over me. But in your own prayer time, and anytime there's something specific about that personal experience, if there's a word of knowledge, I'm immediately up to the front for prayer. If there's, if some random person's talking about it and I can feel faith come in the room, I'll walk up to that person, ask them to pray for me. So it doesn't mean that I never do anything, but the posture of my personal heart there is God, you got me, and the my friends and the community around me is holding me up in that area. Because anytime we start fixating on a problem, um, our faith starts to get really, really small and low. And that's when we want to turn back to the nature of God, who God is. And so I never change the subject that God is the one that heals all sicknesses, all diseases. And we have testimonies for so many things. At the very same moment, um, we can get uh, a, a contending fatigue. And we don't want a bunch of people, which leads to heart, uh, uh, sometimes a heart sickness. So if I don't hear either a word from the Lord, there has been many seasons where the Lord says, Justin, I want you to go back into that. I want you to fast for that. I want you to ask other people to join you in that fasting. I want you to, you know, have the elders pray for you. Do all this stuff. But for most of this personal experience and those when I work with people that have had things for 20, 30, 40 years and they haven't seen breakthrough, I posture them into the nature of God and to kind of rest back into the Father's goodness rather than them can still play in that place of, of, of contending. And, and especially when it comes to the community of God, inviting them into that.
That's just so powerful, Justin, because, you know, I'm reminded of that story that you just spoke about being invited up onto the father's lap to say, you are enough. There's that, there's, there's that, you know, you don't, you don't, so often we feel like that we have to become something in order to receive that healing or when, when really what you're saying is, is that, uh, is, is that we're posturing or we're, we're, we're positioning ourselves in that place yes. of constant peace and, uh, in spite yes. of what we're facing. Did I, did I get that yeah. right there? Oh, I think that was so beautiful because I, I, I think what happens is with our, you know, even with our minds and our emotions, if they're in a constant state of contending and not resting, and this is where you have the two tensions, you have the moment of Jesus sleeping in the boat where he's like just not doing anything and they're all freaking out and finally he's like, yeah, I'm going to wake up from my nap now and I'm going to say peace <laughs> and the storm's going to stop. And then everybody else is contending and freaking out. And then, but then you have the other side of Jesus. It says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. This like, and you know, the unjust judge, but we're just contending. We're called to, so you have these two tensions that as believers, we live in that middle ground where we really need to hear the voice of the Lord. This is what you just said. We need to settle back into Father. What are you saying? Because if I'm just trying to do this in my own strength, in this work experience, I'm just going to get emotionally exhausted. Then mm. I'm going to start feeling the experience of hope deferred. Mm. And this is the mm. beauty of not just our faith. It's not only supposed to be like Justin's faith. There's actually a community that builds faith. And you guys at Manningham, this is why you guys, what you're doing is so significant because there's a community that's preparing soils that actually start in the heavens. They start with that heavenly realm that begins to open up the heavens and plant new things into the soil that actually are going to bear fruit. And some of the things don't bear fruit immediately, but this is because of a community. And so I love that peace actually aligns it up for us and the hoping in the nature of God aligns it up for a community, which then um, acts just to release faith. That's just so amazing. You know, in an instant coffee society, in an instant, I want it now, we actually have to realize that God is an agricultural God. He works in seasons. In season, out of season, of course. But uh, I just love the story of um, that you just shared of, of of Jesus in the boat, and it's and, and it's my quirky mind reading reading the word and, and spending. You know, we've got to spend time in the word and knowing the word. But I love it how the yeah. word actually emphasizes the fact that he was asleep on a pillow. In some translations, it says that he was asleep on a pillow. You know, all they had to say was that, it was that he was asleep. But in fact, he'd come prepared to be in peace. He'd brought his own pillow, in fact. That's you know I mean? just extraordinary. However, however we want to interpret it. But, uh, Justin, that's just so powerful. Mate, um, and I think we can say, uh, mate, because in Australia, you know, mate is is uh that sense of community and mateship of course mm. <clears throat> we've um we've uh, got a in our closing few minutes 
uh, here um, and uh, and it's just been so powerful so far. I do have a couple of questions that people have sent in. So um, give us a thumbs up if you're ready to answer the big questions. Is that cool? Is that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, one, one question here is really, really powerful. And, and I think, and I think, um, uh, and I think you, you, you've partially touched on this already, but I, but I think it's just so powerful that it, it, it's worth highlighting again, is that um, um, what, what would you say to those who have experienced deep disappointments in seemingly unanswered prayer? How do you encourage people to deal with that area of, of disappointment in it? Yeah, it really is kind of back to what I was just saying. I have people lock into peace. I have people lock into the nature of God. Um, you know, I, I find that when it comes to prayer, we do a lot of times more talking than we do listening. And so a lot of times we've prayed way past the point of um, what God's asking us to do. And that's why, remember, I would say prayer is 90% listening and 10% talking. And so that position actually allows us to go back into rest. And so if we don't know what the Father's saying, we will continually stay in that place of, oh, I'm supposed to seek, I'm supposed to find, I'm supposed to knock. When, like what we just said, no, Jesus brought a pillow to this conversation. And he's asking you to go put your head on that pillow. Because again, that's the position of rest. That's the position of listening. And so a lot of times we're looking at prayer as this contending. We want breakthrough. You know, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And so we just really need that listening ear. And that listening ear, or, or I, I, I love the way I heard it said, a listening life that entunes all of our senses to be hearing the Father. And if the Father is asking you to go put your head on a pillow and go take a nap, and you're over there contending, you're going to be exhausted. It reminds me of the story of, of David. When David was supposed to be at war, no, he was actually doing the opposite. He was up resting. He was on the, the, the rooftop looking over at naked Bathsheba and saying, I'm going to steal that. And again, we know the rest of that story. He was out of alignment with the voice of God. He was supposed to be at war in that moment. So vice versa, either or. That's why our job comes back to sonship. Our job comes back to Abba Father. Daddy God, what are you saying? And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word, word, is not logos there. Again, we love scripture. We love quoting scripture. We love all of that. Let's do that. Do it more. But that, that word is rhema. That's the present word of God in that passage. And so when we're looking at that place, we need to live in this present word of God. And we don't love the tensions of Scripture or the tensions of our uh, present relationship with God. Um, because we always just want to go back to the principle. And the Lord loves His principles. He loves those things. But He wants us to return and stay in that relational place of presence. 
where we're able to hear, oh, you want me to just go soak. You want me to, again, just rest in the presence of God. You want me just go enjoy a meal with my family. You want me to phone a friend. You're not asking me to go fast for three days and, and pray nonstop in tongues for um, you know five hours. In this moment, you're asking me to rest. Oh, and in this moment, you're asking me to go for, to war. And I'm over here resting. So those present word of what the Father is speaking to us is where faith comes. And it just pauses in our hearts. And then we actually feel the courage. We feel the strength. Our emotions get renewed. And we're able to align ourselves with what heaven is doing. Wow, <clears throat> that is that is just so powerful. So, when you when you when you talk about you know understanding and hearing the voice of Father and hearing the voice of God in that moment, have you got some tips on how to perhaps sort of just reset our our thought processes or reset our our our, our mind? And in positioning ourselves to to hear Father and what He's saying. Yeah, I, I would say the first one that comes to mind is our attention. And we know right now in a culture, everybody's dying for our attention. Everything out there is dying for our attention. And and honestly, in in the season we're in. Um, it is the thing that's making the most money is people's attention. And so I think retraining our mind, will, and emotions to actually center in, in peace on his presence. And so um, kind of how that looks for me is I'll just stop in the middle of the day. I'll take three or four deep breaths because, again, that's us working with our biology just to get centered, and then I'll just stop and listen. And most of my prayer life is more listening prayer than uh, contending prayer. Um, and that really uh, tunes me in to the simplicity of his voice. Because we've um, some of us have heard the loud voice of God where it's roaring, it's thunderous, and we're like, that's God. But most of the time he's speaking in that still manner and most of the time he's speaking uh, <laughs> in those places just to say he loves you he's proud of you he's with you and I love that that grace precedes everything that grace of him just being with you just to say I love you I'm here I'm here I'm with you. So those kind of um, moments are are beyond life changing, because that's that keeps us in that individual rhythms of life, that daily place of experiencing His presence, of experiencing wow. His heart. So hmm. I, a lot of times it just takes some some intentionality with stillness and this attention thing again from social media to netflix to again just like right now for a lot of us just boredom like what do i do i'm at home and to take moments again we have again as believers we want to have our quiet times and set aside time with the lord but it's just those moments throughout the day i mean the last couple nights before I go to bed, I, I'm just laying in bed and, and the presence of God just hits me and my body starts manifesting 
just in the spirit, like I start shaking and I'm like, and I'm just, I'm just uh, laying there. I didn't do a giant prayer before. I'm just, I'm just stilling myself before him. And sometimes I can hear him. But again, we want to hear him with all five of our senses. And in those moments, he's just touching me. And I'm just like, oh, you're here. And of course, theologically, we know he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But just tuning our bodies and our ears and our vision into what he's saying is so simple. And it's so refreshing. Wow, that is just so amazing. Practice stillness with intentionality. I just practice listening. I know, man, you know, it is just so noisy in our own heads sometimes, isn't it? That to practice listening is just so powerful. That is so powerful. Yeah. Um, mate, we've just got a few more minutes together um, before we have to sign off. Um, I think you mentioned that there may have been a couple of uh, words for healing that you wanted to uh, release. Did you want to do that now? Yeah, yeah. And the one that is really sticking out to me is not actually physical. It has to do with our emotions. I, I saw people that feel like they have emotional fatigue right now. And I, 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 it probably feels like it's due to the current nature of where um, everything is at. You just feel this extreme emotional fatigue. And again, that's also chemical based. A lot of times I, I love um, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood or principalities and powers. Um, and so it's not, I'm not talking about right now, even the principalities and powers right now that we, pardon me, we do wrestle against principalities and powers, but I'm not talking about the things in the heavens. I'm actually talking about your natural body. And so I saw the Lord restoring uh, adrenal fatigue. Uh, even people sleep. I feel like some of you have been experiencing just crazy stuff in the night. Um, you're not able to sleep and it feels like torment. So there's just a peace coming over you. I actually remember last time I was with you guys, um, I, I prayed for a similar thing in a gentleman that hadn't slept in, I believe, four and a half years. Uh, Lord restored sleep to him, and, and by the time we got the testimony, he would slept eight hours for three nights. He hadn't done that in many, many years. And um, his spouse said, wow, you just feel like a new person. And so there's some, some stuff that the Lord's healing with your emotions right now. And, and into uh, your adrenal glands and those kind of things. And then, um, so Jesus, we just thank you for restoring people's emotions that fill out a whack. You even line up with their chemicals. I thank you for bringing those things back into order. Back into order. In Jesus' name. And also, I saw somebody, a pain on the left side of their neck. It might be connected to something uh, like migraines or headaches, but there's pain on the left side of your neck. I saw the Lord just releasing a miracle over you right now. So thank you, Jesus. So thank you, Holy Spirit. And Father, I just ask for hope. Hope, hope, hope. In your nature, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Wow. Amen. I could just stay in that moment uh, for, uh, for hours, really. That's just so, so powerful. Justin, we want to thank you so much for spending this time uh, with us, for allowing us to be at the beginning of your day and, and uh, <coughs> you know, a, a, a sense of the end of ours. Um, um, yeah. Thank you so much for dedicating this time together and for imparting um, what what you have into into our lives, and you know, I, I just can't wait to hear of the stories and the testimonies that are going to come as a result. And so, um, thank you so 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 much. Thanks so much for being with us. You bet. You bet, Matt. I really appreciate being with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Bless you guys. <laughs> so good. Well, I'm going to, um, uh, we're going to say see you later to, uh, to Justin, and it is see you later. Um, at some stage, uh, you know, we hope and pray to be able to see Justin, you know, physically uh, here with everybody and, uh, and uh, be, everybody be physically here together. But wherever you are at the moment, then uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Right now, I'm going to hand you back over to, uh, to Pastor Rose and, um, and thank you so much for joining in from uh, my heart to yours. And uh, Rose, we'll hand it over to you now and uh, let you see us to the end. Thank you.